In the name of Jesus. Amen. We think that we know, but we have no idea. This is a perspective that children have a lot about things in this life. They think they know, but they have no idea. But even as adults, when it comes to so many things in this world, we think we know, but we really have no idea. I hope for you, like it is for me, this is a very refreshing understanding to think that we can gain so much knowledge, so much experience in this life, but really, when it comes to understanding the ways of the world and even the ways of our God and our faith, we think we know, but we have no idea. And that's a good thing. Not, it shouldn't be a scary thing. Because we think we have an idea, at least a glimpse of what it looks like. I'm not talking about heaven. That could be something that we think about when saying that phrase. I'm actually talking about the peace of Christ. Or at least what we hope the peace of Christ is like. But like our salvation, all we can do is have faith that even if we haven't experienced the peace of Christ, we one day will. Faith that peace, the peace of Christ is a greater notion of what we may experience as peace than the world can so readily offer. Our gospel reading from John that you just heard Philip read foreshadows the coming of the Spirit and Pentecost just a few weeks away, the one who will be our advocate, our helper. And today, the Holy Spirit for me is all of our youth helping out in various ways in worship. The Spirit is the one who intercedes for us when sighs are too deep for words to express. When we are too overwhelmed with our troubles and are afraid, the peace that surpasses all worldly understanding comes from Jesus via the Holy Spirit. If we truly had the peace of Christ in this world, we would no longer have our troubles and fears. We would no longer have disagreement or disunity. We would no longer have war. Yet this peace is the thing that we strive for because it exists on a level beyond what this world can comprehend. And even though the world cannot comprehend, we still try in our Christian community to live it out. Critics may say that it is all in vain, but it is truly what Christ commands of those that he left his peace with, to share it with others. Now, for any young parents out there, it may seem like a true, ironic statement to say that our children are bringing peace to worship today, because children can often make us feel like things are not at peace. But there is something about the bold witness, the confident witness of faith shared by our youth today that brings an overwhelming peace to my heart. Especially when we are in good pandemic measures and can share the peace with each other during worship. It is and has been always one of my favorite parts of worship. Because it's about more than extending a warm good morning or a peace be with you to those around you. It's about identifying and connecting 
with those who are new to our community, wanting to be noticed, wanting to be welcomed. Those that have come to our church because of troubles or fears in their life and the need of a loving and caring community to support them through those trials. Greeting them with just a glimpse of Christ's peace that we can all fully realize in that new Jerusalem that we hear about in our reading from Revelation, read by Nastya. Sharing the peace in worship is about welcoming those whose fears and worries have brought them seeking the peace of Christ. And while we all have our own rational reasons in a pandemic or not for exchanging handshakes and hugs, it's hard when we're not able to do that. Because worship to me is more than just an interaction between us and God. Worship of God is also about interaction between God's children. That's how the image of the cross was explained to me in Sunday school all those years ago. The vertical axis of the cross being the connection between us and God, but the horizontal part of the axis being about us connecting with each other as children of God. To prove this point, I argue that to grow even closer to living out and realizing the peace of Christ we need, look no further than the story of Lydia in the book of Acts today. There are many significant parts to this story. First and foremost, Paul's vision. He anticipates meeting a man when he arrives in Macedonia, of whom will be the newest missionary for that region and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Instead, he meets Lydia, a woman. But Lydia is no ordinary woman for her time. She is actually a prominent and veteran business owner and respected person in her community. She there is a person, therefore is a person of great influence. She used her position in her circumstance to help others to faith in the gospel story. Rather than abuse her power to persecute and deny, she used it to encourage others to open their hearts the way that she had. Much like children of that time and even children today, she came from a place of marginalization on the fringe of society and shared the gospel with all those who were afraid in fear that needed to hear, that they were valued, that they were loved in God's kingdom. And the great part of this story that I think I love the most is that Lydia's open heart led to an open door. An open door for Paul and his followers and fellow bearers of the good news. An open door to her home. A safe, warm, and dry place for them to rest where they were fed and renewed for their continued work. Like Lydia, our open hearts will lead to open doors. When we take the important steps to open our hearts in order to open our doors, we truly welcome all into this Christian community. The same way that God had an open heart to us grievous sinners that open the doors to eternal life. It is important to remember that this hospitality and generosity may be found in unexpected places, coming from those we do not anticipate will extend it. 
Just like all of our ushers did today, all of our children welcomed those into worship. They did it with open hearts. We all have a great witness to take from them. The story of you and my family began in a very similar way with this call to open hearts and to be welcomed into this place. When we came to Bratislava almost three years ago, you welcomed us with open hearts, ready to love our family and support us in this ministry to which we had been called. And ministry is often equated to those individuals and things that are visible, like the ministers, the cantors, the sacraments, the choir, the ushers. But ministry is made possible by those who are often not seen and names not mentioned like all of our children today. This is already true of the Bratislava International Church. We have so many here that make ministry happen that you do not get to see. But it is a, it is a city that we will see in that new Jerusalem described in Revelation. A place where doors are open, hearts are open, open where no burdens or fears will keep them closed. Only life with Christ everlasting will be the thing we need to carry on. The attention to details of this place excites us as hearers. This new Jerusalem draws all people in. Walls and traditional symbols of division are no longer there. The only thing that remains is everything that nourishes a community that cares for everybody in the community. Indeed, what the new community of Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem, teaches us is that real security comes from authentic community, where all feel mutually supported. Gates typically control entrance and exits, but these gates in this new city, four on each side, are always open. So we are called to live with an open heart, always with open doors, doors that will allow you to keep changing the trends of the mainline churches in this world that are seeing people leave the church and not return. But if we leave the doors open instead of closing them behind them, they will return. God has work yet to do through the people of this church, of this community. So keep the faith, dear friends, keep your hearts open, and you will show all who feel left out that our doors to this church will always be open. To the glory of our God. Amen.